Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Freedom podcast. I'm Patrick. And I'm Matt. And uh, today we're doing our, probably halfway through our uh, understanding of what the non-aggression principle says as it relates to uh, kind of the different subjects we decided to take. We're uh, casting our net and having a big swath of topics that uh, we want to show from a libertarian standpoint of how uh, principled politics uh, we can be. Uh, with the Democrat and Republican Party, you just kind of have uh, people who have the issues, and trust me, they do have issues. Uh, but there's no real, like, you, you know that they're, they're Democratic positions, but sometimes they don't always hold to them. And sometimes they're Republican positions, but they don't always hold to them. And especially when we're talking about uh, war or budgets or policing or uh, a myriad of other different points of view, you can always find kind of different caveats that, uh, well, the Democrats uh, think this, but not all the time. Uh, the Republicans, you know, like uh, tend to be uh, small government minded, except for when it comes to war. Uh, Democrats are, you know, personal choice for when it comes to abortion, but not for, you know, drinking soda. Uh, so we want to show kind of how the libertarians have a principal viewpoint where um, to to go outside of that range is to be not libertarian, which is one of the benefits that li the libertarian party has uh, uh, over the other two parties or really over any party. Um even even the you could say like the Green Party tends to have um, uh, areas where they're a little bit more uh, wishy-washy on certain things like um, uh, uh, nuclear power. Um, they they don't support it, even though it's one of the most green power supplies uh, that is out there for it's the biggest bang for your buck. Uh, probably no pun intended there. <laughs> but uh, today we wanted to cover uh, a look at the libertarian standpoint through the non-aggression principle. Uh, on the topic of discrimination. And no, we're not just talking about uh, racial discrimination here. We're talking about being able to discriminate for any reason on anything. Uh, but to kick it off, I think uh, it's good kind of to have a, a, a jumping off point that we have. Uh, and I think we want to talk about how uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, while many people would view that as a positive thing, uh, might not have strictly been the best uh, legislative uh, item to um, compel people to um, not be discriminatory. Uh, so uh, obviously, in uh, this was a, a product of the 60s. Uh, uh, Kennedy proposed it uh, before he was assassinated, obviously. But then um, LBJ was the one who kind of uh, pushed it through. And uh, if you know anything about the history of LBJ and uh, kind of the black vote, um, his political maneuverings to uh, kind of uh, be geared towards the, the black population in America. Um, he has almost uh, uh, apocalyptically uh, claimed that uh, derogatory name for black people will be voting for the Democratic Party for the next hundred years. And uh, this was a piece of legislation that helped uh, kind of put uh, more minority groups into the um, into the hands of the Democratic voter. Uh, but this was a uh, a response, a, a piece of legislation where you could not um, discriminate on, uh, the government couldn't discriminate on voting, uh, voting rights, on the way that it applies um, certain laws. And then it 
tells um, the American people that as far as it comes to things that are open to the public, like hotels, restaurants, theaters, retail stores, anything like that, um, you couldn't uh, discriminate against somebody for the purposes of, uh, and I always forget, it's always race, religion, creed, ethnicity, um, I'm, I'm sure, uh, sex, national origin, um, anything along those lines. Um, so, Matt, with that as our understanding, um, why are you a uh, giant racist? Because you don't believe in this. <laughs> I've got nothing for that. Right. So, when we talk about discrimination, let's let's define our term here. Discrimination is making a choice between uh, different items. You were discriminatory when you woke up today. You were discriminatory in the T-shirt you wore the clothes that uh, that you picked out for you, you chose between the Red Sox and the Green Sox, or uh, you chose your Yankees hat versus the Red Sox. See what I did there with clothing? Always Yankees hat over Red Sox. And, yeah, <laughs> always. And um, so when we talk about discrimination, we're talking here in a political sense in people's personal lives is the ability to exclude, the ability to say... I own myself. I own the property that um, that I've put my uh, work into. I've I've homesteaded it in some way, and I am excluding people or or items uh, away from what I control. So, um, if you have a hotel and you want to be discriminatory only to single uh, occupants or married individuals. Uh, you should have the ability to um, say no to unmarried couples, to um, uh, um, any any groups that come in. Uh, but under, especially the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, it made you with the inability to be discriminatory uh, against them, to, to, to make the choice with your property uh, the way that, um, that you choose, whatever it might be. I think because um, if you think about it, the... The Civil Rights Act goes against your um, your right to association that the you know Constitution gives you. I don't think a lot of people think about that part. Hmm, yeah. So the the First Amendment, which was kind of in there originally, whether you think that was a good idea or not. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, you you have the ability to um, be around. Uh, a group of people, but also to exclude people from from that group as well. Um, what I think is interesting about this too is that the Civil Rights Act seemed to um, make choices about how you shouldn't be discriminatory, and it seemed to affect mostly state law. So there you have the federal government telling state governments, for the most part, there, there were also some federal laws on the books that, that required um, um, discrimination. So if we think about um, uh, the separate but equal and, and um, the, the mandatory busing, um, those were exclusionary laws that were on the books that told people, you know, hey, you can't have uh, a mixture of races um, sitting at, at lunch counters. This, this is something that you have to follow. You have to be discriminatory. But the federal government came along and said, no, those state laws are unconstitutional, which is kind of odd when you think about it because it's the state telling the state in this way. It's the feds telling the states 
um, to stop being discriminatory in, in this manner. But if we think that laws are this, you know, if, if what makes morality what's legal, which I don't think anyone really honestly agrees with that, but sometimes we, we come into uh, different understandings of, of, of that mindset. Well, you know, it's okay because it's legal. Um, here you have the state telling the state what it's doing is immoral and thus illegal. Yeah, I think an interesting thing that when people when uh-huh. people think of discrimination, right off the bat, they just always think about uh, like racial discrimination and and everything like that. They don't think about just like in a business construct. Right. Like you said, if you had the hotel that you know, only wanted married couples, for example, like they that's their choice. They can do that. But what a lot of people don't realize is we don't need the government to step in and tell us what we can and can't do and make rules on this because if enough single people get together and stop going to this hotel or whatever, or if even married couples that don't like that they only allow married couples stop going to the hotel, that hotel is going to lose out on business. Thus, they're penalized for you know, their viewpoints. You know, So, I mean, if people don't find it moral, they can go elsewhere. That's the beauty of the free market. Right. And, and I, I remember watching Milton Friedman kind of talk about this in, in, in general. Um, on a uh, Q&A panel that he was doing. And he was talking in relation to, um, you know, the supposed con- uh, the, the supposed uh, women get paid 77 cents to the dollar that for, for men do. And, well, first of all, the, the biggest flaw in that, uh, other than it's not true, yeah. is that um, it, if, 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 if it were true, let's say, then why aren't all these businesses saving 30% of their market share um, or, or their 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 profit uh, by hiring all females. Why are they hiring men? You're telling me that uh, business people who are you know these fat cats of industry, they're so uh, misogynistic that they want to trade off their misogyny for a thirty percent increase in profits. Well, th- that's not the case. But let, let's even say that it is true. Um, if if men only hire men to such a disproportionate amount that it affects the overall wages of, of women um, then what what you're doing is you're saying I would rather as a business person I would rather take a loss than um, find the most efficient hiring uh, marketability possible so with even in the context of discrimination you're you're operating at a loss that other businesses could come in and say, oh, here's here's a business that's not meeting the needs of um, unmarried couples, or um, I I, I want to be known as the uh, inclusionary hotel, or the inclusionary business, or I only want to uh, hire a business that um, uh, o- only hires you know uh, 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 lower income black people. Well. You should have the, the ability to to do that, and and your your reputation, your 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 market share would would reflect whether or not the the community that your consumers view that as as a benefit. Um, and you you have that with private organizations. You have you know the country clubs that uh, um, only um, have members. Well, they're discriminatory in that they don't just let anybody in. So. There are people that are uh, that would pay, you know, ten thousand dollars just to be part of a a, um, a a golf country club that that is you know hoity-toity in that way, or you have golf clubs that you know for thirty bucks you can 
played 18 holes. Yeah. Um, so I think probably the most famous case that we have currently is the the, the sh- should Christian bakers bake cakes for gay weddings. And you can probably talk about that more than I can. Yeah, I, this is because when I was looking up uh, examples for this, uh, uh, the cake debacle, as I like to call it, is what uh, is what popped up <laughs> a lot. And it's just it's just ridiculous to think because, uh, I mean, my viewpoint on that is so many people uh, flipped out about it because it was, you know, you know, going against the gay community. And, and that's it's pretty popular to um to, you know, always support blindly the gay community right now for a lot of people. But, uh, so, um, a gay couple tries to get a cake for a wedding. It's so hot right now. Yeah. A gay couple gets a, um, try, wants to get a cake for their wedding and, uh, they go to a bakery that's Christian and they don't want to support that because by giving the, like making the cake for the, um, the gay wedding, they're showing their support for gay marriage, which goes against this person's religious views. So they didn't want to do it. They, uh, mind you, they did offer to bake them a generic cake. They just didn't want a gay themed cake. Um, and the, the couple weren't happy. Well, and also it's not like that these, yeah, it's also not like these people, uh, are, are in a podunk city where, um, this is the only bakery for 50 miles. They went around and asked a bunch of different bakeries, Will you bake us a, a, a wedding cake for our gay wedding? It just happened to come upon this uh, couple that that uh, thought that their re- religious ability to be discriminatory uh, in in um, in a business sense um, would have been able to be done because um, uh, it, in the distant past, it seems um, this nation decided that uh, uh, religious liberty was a, uh, a tome of its. Uh, of its society staple. Yeah. And the, the whole thing with this thing is if, you know, if you had a Jewish bakery, for example, and they came in, um, you know, some Nazis came in and wanted a a Nazi cake with a a big old swastika or something like that, uh, drawn on top of it. You wouldn't have anybody trying backing the, you know, the Nazis except other Nazis probably. But uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't have this big debacle where <laughs> you you mean the you, government there, right? Yeah, you wouldn't have this big thing where where people were going against you know supporting or not supporting the bakery. It's it's their choice. I mean, we have tons of bakeries. You know, if you don't want to go to that bakery or if that bakery doesn't want to bake you a cake, then you don't have to. You can go to another bakery. It's and if and if that bakery, like I said before, is really being, you know. Uh, just that discriminatory in in maybe even a racist manner or just anything they're gonna get they're gonna have a smaller group of people that are gonna go there and they're not gonna make as much money so mm-hmm. they'll get penalized in the end it's another thing where we don't need government interaction with that the market will in turn eventually uh, it'll eventually get back on them if they're really doing something so wrong but I mean it's their religious right we have the freedom of religion in this country. So they shouldn't have had to make that cake. There. Yeah. Well, and we we have a religious freedom just as a as a natural right itself. So it's uh, it's not something that's granted to us by the government from on high. Uh, it comes about because we're either created in the image of God, if you want to believe that side, or that it's uh, uh, part of our natural makeup. 
uh, if you want to believe the other side. Um, but I think the the interesting thing about that too is um, with with okay, if it happened in the '60s or the '70s, um, you, you could maybe make a case like okay, uh, here, here's a here's a racist baker who who doesn't want to serve black people. Um, you kind of have to let people know about that. You might protest outside a storefront. You you may may get a, a small group of people to 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 give up their Saturday afternoon to let a handful of people that may drive by to to drive by and and know about it. But today we have access to how many different ways to review companies, Yelp and Facebook and Google and all those. We have access to cameras at our fingertips where if someone is is being discriminatory right off the bat, you can uh, film it for all of Worldstar to see. <laughs> and you can you can prove a, a racist, you know, store owner. So much so that, you know, uh, if it, if it's not some super specific uh, uh, delicacy where uh, it's the only place to get it, you know, I, I personally wouldn't want to, to give business to someone who's an open racist. And, uh, and so I can make my choice a different way, especially if, if uh, these days it gets out into the news media or goes viral or whatever it might be the access to technology uh which is provided by the free market um done under the agency not of a government inspector but of just normal people who are having encounters with um these business owners then there that's what um drives people to have a uh, a, a more i guess ethical or inclusive standpoint not to mention you know with with white people starting to become the minority in this country to be discriminatory um, uh, is to lose a lot of market share. Yeah, like a good example of that is, um, you know, it, it's it's the whole thing of if, if people are going to show their uh, bigotry or their racism or something like that, you know, at a business level, they're going to be they're going to be penalized in the long run. They're going to lose out on money. So if you're not a more inclusive company, then and then you're going to then you're going to fail eventually. Because let's take sports for example. You look at uh, basketball is is a good example. My the minority there is white people. It's uh, it's mostly black or African American um, players. And if you had if you just had some racist owner that decided I'm not going to hire any black players well one their team's gonna suck probably and two uh they're it's gonna be a big uproar that they're gonna end up you know having to sell their company probably and they're gonna lose out on a lot of money because the way they do it now is they'll just take the best everybody just takes the best player they can get no matter skin color no matter religion no matter anything they just take the best player they can get because the end goal is to win a championship and that's how you make money so like if if a team went against that, they wouldn't make any money, and they would go bankrupt. But but for for, for yeah for us to be inclusion based, then we should hire uh, uh, a bunch of um, very tiny Asian people who are terrible at the sport, so that we can be inclusive to people who aren't good at a sport. Right? I mean, wh- why is it why is it just these items that are are kind of the no-nos. Why can't um, why can't you have things like uh, uh, a business run by black people for black people? Um, th- I mean, there are already colleges that are discriminatory based on 
uh, race uh, for black colleges or that are only boys or only girls colleges. Um, it, it doesn't seem like we're being entirely inclusive. It's just here are five points that someone has determined uh, we shouldn't be discriminatory against. And those, those are the only uh, ways that it, it's to occur. And then just all the unintended consequences on top of that. Um, uh, I remember listening to uh, someone talk about the history of, of busing when uh, gentrification was going on and they, they were forcing people from different um, areas of cities to come in and be bused to different um, schools so that the racial makeup would be more uh, diverse. And it ended up being just a terrible, terrible thing for everybody involved in that. Uh, so much so that, you know, it's it's this use of force, this forced inclusion, rather than, okay, well, you know, let's let's take one city that's uh, a similar size of the other ones that we want to do, and let's see if force busing, uh, well, not force busing, but, but busing in general uh, uh, is good. Or maybe we find out that um, the, the way that uh, certain groups of people within the city in a certain neighborhood learn uh, is it's beneficial to exclude them from one school and include them in only one uh, another school and not let anybody else in. Um, you you kind of have to make those choices uh, for the good of the individual, but it's laws like this where the directive comes from on high and they say this is the way that society has to regulate itself now. Um, when when you exclude, you're not excluding through violence. You're not sticking a, a gun in somebody's face and telling them that they that they uh, must stay in a certain area because you're excluding them from a different area. No, you're just telling people of whatever uh, discriminatory base that you're making to to stay off your property or stay away from whatever um, uh, position that 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 you're what whatever stake that you have. Um, there's there's no violence in excluding. There's only violence if people uh, include themselves without permission. And that's the way it should be. That's the way we see it when it comes to the Fourth Amendment, when it comes to the Sixth and um, the Eighth and all those other ones, is that there's an understanding that you should be secure in your person's papers and, and property, and you exclude the police. You're, you can only not exclude the police when there's a, a valid warrant signed by a judge, although that seems to be taken away. But there's an item where you're excluding a certain group of people, aka the police, um, just because you don't want them to. You, you're excluding them for whatever reason that might be. Uh, and hey, maybe that reason is you hate cops. And so uh, there, there you have discrimination based on hatred. So, you know, should the government then come along and write a rule that says you can't be discriminatory based on hatred towards anybody, and that includes the police? So, when when we when we think about it, yes, uh, I don't think any sane person uh, today is discriminatory in the sense of, you know, uh, this group of people is evil or, um, you know, because of of characteristics that there are inherent to them. What they're trying to do is try and come up with the best utilization of their property based on what they think is best. It could be wrong, but it's up to them to suffer the consequences so that when someone comes comes around uh, and and builds uh, a better product that is more inclusion, inclusionary, 
then um, people will flock to that more. Um, but we don't want to start telling people not to be discriminatory because at what point do you end? You're, you're always going to have uh, uh, means by which you exclude certain people or um, certain uh, um, utilizations of your property because of whatever whatever beliefs you hold. It could be something like you have a restaurant and you don't want homeless people to come around. So you're discriminatory against homeless people because they're not paying people and they go around and panhandle your guests, which makes it a poor environment. You, It drives out business. So by being discriminatory against homeless people, um, you, you, are, you are excluding a group of people because of your not hatred, but for the the the, the badness that they um, bestow upon your property by by their actions of being there, um, you are you are discriminating and telling them to to stay away from your property, and and we see that as okay um, in in city ordinances, but um, to to come back to citing this this civil rights act. Um, it, I, th- I think what it what it did was it moved society uh, under the point of a gun, and we would say that is immoral. Yeah, because I think uh, one thing I read in one of these articles is that you know um, maybe it was a good thing what the government did and for the Civil Rights Act in the beginning. It was kind of saying just because it kind of jump started the movement, but it also said that no matter what, um, our the America would have moved towards you know what kind of what they were trying to do with the civil rights um act uh eventually it just wouldn't have been maybe as quick but it would have moved towards it anyway i was gonna say uh i've also heard the argument made that what it really did was those who were kind of on the sly uh racist or discriminatory in in the bad sense um it suppressed it even more so that they didn't come to see the error of their ways they saw a gun stuck in their face and being told by people in Washington, D.C. that this is how you must now conform to uh, uh, your business. And it harbored feelings worse for minorities and people that were being po- poorly discriminated against. And they never changed because any any slight that they could say was, well, you know, I'm being forced to, to include these people. But if they were still exclusionatory and they saw, you know, uh, let, let's take a mom pop um, um, grocery store. If they said, uh, no, no black people. And then Walmart pops up and you see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people flocking to them rather than the mom and pop store. Um, they go out of business. There's no one to blame f- f- uh, but them. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not Walmart's fault that um, th- they opened it up were inclusionatory and could compete at prices. But let's say that you have another mom and pop store that uh, 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 once once they were allowed to to not be discriminatory and 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 um, those laws went away that uh, the state laws were they forced you to be discriminatory. Um, you might have them stick around longer and people say, well, you know, yes, I could get a, a, a cheaper T-shirt uh, and, and a, a bag of flour over at Walmart. But I remember when Mr. and Mrs. Jones, um, once they were allowed to let my entire family uh, shop there instead of trucking it over to the next town over, um, I remember when they allowed us to, to come in and, and, and be patrons. So I'm going to be more loyal to them uh, because of their ethical behavior. 
So you 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 could have made the the case that it would have it would have found the the good people quicker, and it w- would have possibly changed racist and and discriminatory tones in America in a more natural and beneficial way, rather than we're the government, we're sticking a gun in your face. This is how you must conform. Submit. Yeah, it could. You never know now, but it could have gone a whole lot more peacefully too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no need to beat people up at countertops. Yeah, uh, probably as much. Yeah. Well, anything else on this? Uh, well, one thing is um, yeah. on the government on the government side is uh, with the whole discrimination thing is on like the flip side of what we had because um, with the uh, the the lady that refused the um, the what did I, why can't I think today. The marriage license for the gay couple, because like the the constitution that we have in oh, in sure. place, you know it, it 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 it's not like it's our rights and everything, but it also, um, it well, where did I find it? I found it in an article kind of talked about it. It says the constitution is not a code of conduct to which citizens must submit. It has two primary objectives: to secure personal liberty and limit the power of government. Where um, so government has to like follow these sort of rules and like one rule is that they can't the government can't discriminate so like legally that lady had to give this gay couple a marriage license because you know she can't she can't bring her own personal beliefs when it comes to because she works for the government um when it comes to her personal beliefs on gay marriage but yet everybody like got behind or not everybody but a ton of people supported her in her discriminating the gay couple but then on the flip side that whole cake debacle tons of people got on were like anti-christian on that point because they you know like oh how could they not make a cake for a gay couple it's kind of a funny thing because they happened not too far away from each other yeah and it it seemed like if if you were on one side of whichever issue let's say that you were um, against the the um, baking the cake. Well, then it always seemed like it forced you to then support this lady for not signing marriage certificates. But th- there's a bunch of nuance in there where, hey, um, the marriage is being um, promoted up by, by the government. Maybe there's no place for it. But no, it came along and said uh, the federal government has a vested interest in um, conforming Every single state, municipality, county, because she was a county board clerk, I believe, um, it, it sunk it down to the lowest levels of government and said, this is how you must conform to yourself. Um, and there's no option to be discriminatory against the federal government if the federal government says uh, to, to do this. Uh, but by, by just their edict, you have to conform to, to their notion. I just thought it was crazy that so many people came out in support for her because it's fine. It was her religious belief to not – she didn't want to give that because of her religious beliefs, and that's totally fine. But she worked for the government, so it's like that's the kind of price you pay when you work for a government and you, you can't refuse – by wow. the laws yeah. that the government put in, you can't legally refuse a marriage license because of those reasons. So it's like, hey, lady, I mean – Yeah, because they have, have a monopoly yeah. on it. 
they have a monopoly on marriage. They, they're the only ones that can say what a marriage is and isn't, which is uh, crazy bananas. Yeah. I have to say, to, to use to 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 use a a pejorative term, bananas. Yeah, it's that's a crazy idea. Is that they, you know, oh, if you don't have this little piece of paper that you paid to get from the government, then you're not legally married. It's like no. Yeah, I should just be able to say, hey, guess right. what? I should be able to write down on a piece of paper said. I'm married to this person now and then just like keep it and be like, Oh, there's my proof. But that's a whole nother topic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, I, in fact, I just watched a really good documentary last night, uh, called uh, divorce core. And, um, it, it talked about, um, just how complicated family courts are and how the government really in, in, in that regard, uh, has, has no, has no oversight of itself. That whatever the judges and the lawyers kind of dream up, you have to have to abide by, and um, it was pretty eye-opening. And unfortunately, uh, they had to use Scandinavia as a good uh, um, way that it's that it's done. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's usually never a good thing when we're uh, um, kind of using Scandinavia as our um, as our model. But uh, um, they made some interesting points, and I just wanted to say, well, let's not look at government's doing this let's call marriage what it is marriage is a covenant which is a uh, religious term for a contract so put uh your your uh qualifications if, if you want to uh uh agree upon supportive payment for f- five years at whatever your uh, the highest person is making um then that has to go to the person who's making less uh, write that into to the contract. Like have it have prenuptial agreements be a standard for marriages because there you're um, operating under a contract which doesn't need government. You can take it to um, arbitration where you can find the most uh, honest um, uh, arbiter to to come in and 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 not have to be swayed by. Uh, who has the most amount of money or who is able to write the the, the, the the biggest check before you know all your money goes away and uh, this documentary had a good a good take on on what the what the weed was but not what was the good pruning tool yeah. um, it seemed like what they wanted to say was if we change the laws this way it would be good but in in all honesty what should happen is two consenting adults should engage in contract with each other and if at some point you you want to leave that contract, there are uh, qualifications within there that you don't always need to be a, a lawyer to to have. Just uh, have it signed and and uh, uh, you know uh, held in a uh, in a third party um, holding area so that no one has uh, access to it, and um, you're good to go. There's there's no reason to have family courts, but family courts, uh, the, the way that the laws are set up to to get divorced, you have to go through this monstrosity of, of, of bureaucracy. And, and I mean, if, if it wasn't the government, it would be illegal. Well, yeah. And the government gets involved in marriage because, you know, it's all, it's all about the money they steal from us through taxes. I think that's why they get involved with it. <laughs> yeah. Cause if, if I think if we didn't have taxes, well, it, it, I, I just, if we didn't have yeah. taxes, what would be the point of like actually proving that you legally, that you were married to this person? Cause it's like, okay, you don't pay taxes to the government so who even i think if we got rid of taxes uh 
what or marriages could go back to just a group of people getting together celebrating these two people that you know go into their own personal contract with each other that's what we'd go back to if we got rid of taxes so we should get rid of taxes yeah well, and if the government's there to 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 be a monopoly uh, for marriages and the the theory is that they want to support marriages then they should also be in the business of and gosh I don't want to give them any terrible ideas but here we go they should be in the business of arranging marriages they should be in the business of denying divorces they should be uh, requiring up to a year of counseling before you say I do but um, they make it so easy to to get divorced or to get um, to get married why, why not have the same easeability to, to, to leave other than the fact that we outlawed slavery a long time ago and uh, a, a contract can't engage in slavery which I also think um, if, if I want to sell my body uh, permanently to a group of people for you know whatever purposes I should have the freedom to do that oh, yeah. um, it's it's only when um, when, you know, it's only when violation of the contract occurs is when um, recompense sh- should happen. And that should happen even with, with slavery, a.k.a. indentured servitude. Uh, we, we had it for the longest time here before uh, even the slave trade uh, occurred, or at least around the same time. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we are for slavery and discrimination, uh, because uh, libertarian uh, ideas allow us to do so. And that's true. You're you're able to be a scumbag if, if that's what you so desire. Um, but if you if you can't do it through force or coercion or fraud, then um, what you're doing is immoral. And uh, in in a general sense of the term, in a libertarian worldview, uh, is illegal. At the very least, it is. Or at most, it is immoral, and so uh, shouldn't be done, and is illegitimate. All right, so that's it on this topic. I think we're going to do two more. Right, we're going to do um, uh, a look at. Gosh, what 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 else were we going to do? We were going to do uh, foreign policy, right? Oh, and uh, free markets. That's what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, the beautiful free markets. So those will be the next two episodes that we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but a free market has never been tried before, Matt. Yeah. It's because the government always ruins it. So those will be the next two episodes. Yeah, right. Those are the next two episodes. After that, uh, we're going to take a look at this article that uh, that talks about why we shouldn't believe in uh, the non-aggression principle or to, to not uh, have the understanding that it is um, kind of the best tool libertarians have. And a uh, good thing about it is it's written for, uh, by at least a, a proclaimed libertarian. Um, so that'll be real interesting. I think there's a lot there to discuss, and that might even take uh, two or three episodes itself. Yeah. So um, if you want to go out there and be discriminatory against the, the, the people that you want to, um, do so only because uh, you own your body and your property. So with that, as always, live radically and live free. And keep the government out of it. <laughs>